Somebody's getting ready for seeing that concert this weekend with the little Springsteen. I'm hyped. It's going to be cool. No, I would not argue with you one bit on that. That's going to be a good show. Is it just Springsteen? No opening act? As far as I know, it's just him. He's one of those guys that that can just get away with nobody opening up. (laughs) The band tagging along, or is it just Springsteen? Yep, it's with the East East Street Band. Full on East Street. Okay. Yep, that should be good. Troy Coverdale, Jasmine Halliburton, Travion Berkland with you this afternoon. Okay, explain to me this discussion of a certain group of fans apparently wabashing last night okay i have no idea i was watching iowa state and uh tcu last night ever so briefly because i was tired and i want to go to bed and it looked like tcu was getting their butts whooped i don't know the outcome i'm assuming they lost but anywho yes beside the question i saw like three students like wabashing look like and, I, and someone said it's their version of like rowing the boat or whatever weird stuff it is i was like bro they even got the alternating part down packed I'm like, and it was but a brief moment that I saw it. I was like, what, what, what the hell is that? So, but I guess they got their own thing, which it is, it's literally the same thing. It's literally the same thing. So I don't like it. Does their band still play the uh, Ham's Beer song? Beats me. I Yeah, I know. I went to Ames one time and in a booth the entire time. I can't, I got in, I got out. That was it. <laughs> that was it. As opposed to when I was in marching band and we played there three times. Yeah, we didn't go. We didn't go over there. Yeah, we didn't. We don't. We don't travel anymore. K State band, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Okay, there are there. That was the one trip we had that year. So, because we got to do one a year, we got to do one a year. Meant two times to Colorado and three times to Ames. Oh, must have been nice. And it always seemed like we were in the midst of the coldest doggone weather in Ames. Oh gosh, see that? I'm very glad that I got to miss out on but i'm thinking like would have been the difference would have been that cold as goes as opposed to here when we played them at home and going up to ames i don't know if there'd been that much of a difference it's just cold as cold you've seen them in like the butt end of november cold is cold mitch holtis a while back in talking with us on the show about a trip into ames brought up one of the most memorable trips that K-State football ever had to Ames in the uh, Bill Snyder era, early 90s. And it's most memorable for something completely unattached to the game other than the fact that it occurred at the game. And that is literally uh, a streaker, fully naked streaker, one side of the stadium, the Iowa State side of the stadium, to the K-State bench, got escorted out by the police, which was entertaining in and of itself, them trying to pack around him so that nobody got offensive views. (laughs) And they paraded him out right by where the K-State marching band was sitting. (laughs) So I think you know how things went in terms of of the mockery that was uh, undertaken at the time. (laughs) Uh, But it cracked me up so hard when Mitch remembered that. Because of literally in between plays, and I don't know that it was even 20 degrees that day in Ames. It was cold that day in Ames, as it always seems to be. True. And this guy hightails it across the the field, and he winds up getting onto the K-State sideline right around where Coach Snyder was. (laughs) 
And you know how Coach's mentality is during the game. Oh, and, I can only imagine. Oh, it, was, it was so classic. And someone asked him about it afterwards, and, and I, I have to go back and dig up the quote. But it was uh, definitely one of the most memorable in terms of just an overall situation. Um, but yes, one of their spirit songs for years has been what those of us of a certain vintage know as the Ham's Beer song. Ham's Beer song. Ham's. 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 Ham's Beer song. H-A-M-M-S. Okay. Ham's the beer refreshing. Or it's, you know, it's, I think the whole Wabashing thing that they got over there is something called uh, roll out the oh, barrel. Oh, roll out the barrel. Okay, sure. so whatever that is. Well, that yeah, is that's literally Wabashing with a different name. It's a polka. That's a polka. That's a song. It's a polka. So, is there a certain dance to this polka, or that no. is just, or did somebody just say, you know, it'd be fun? Let's Wabash. Yeah, uh, primarily, I think that yeah, let's be, let's do this. Talk about rent free. <laughs> rent free. <laughs> Skyline view. Oh, elevator abs- to your own sweet type of deal. Oh my. Mm. Pretty nice. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, interesting that that Ain't took place last evening. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, in front of everybody you know, too. Uh, Got four K. Yeah. Why? Why is it that that folks have such an issue with Wabash? No, I mean, no sign that we do. It's just like, what are y'all doing doing it? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, come on. It's our tradition. We understand. It's not your thing. You don't have to like it. But. Don't do it. You don't, know? Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't right. do it. Oh, Let's man. Let's be outside your mind. That is crazy. Okay. So, yes. Uh, now, see, I was educating her on trombone shorty during the break. Now I'm going to have to educate her on the Ham's beer song. I don't know things, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, <laughs> as I said, it's those of us of a certain vintage that remembers this, in part because, you know what? Guess what? They used to be uh, advertisers on Royals baseball TV. Really? Even trombone shorty? No, not trombone shorty. <laughs> no, the beer. Okay. Ham's beer. Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. Back, back before you got into all of the exclusivities uh, in terms of, of yeah, anyway, uh, and and times. and back before the big breweries essentially wiped out all the regionals that were around for, you know, a century almost. The before times. Yes, the mm. before times, before we went <laughs> completely corporatism with our brewskis. Uh, okay, so that little bit of nonsense out of the way. It's a big weekend for K-State basketball in that the men have the matchup with Iowa State coming up on Saturday afternoon. And the Cyclones have played their way into essentially fourth place. It's really second place when you realize it's a three-team tie currently for first. So the Cyclones sit above K-State in the standings. And it's the first time this year that we can really say that we're looking up at teams in the standings now. Yeah. And going into this matchup on Saturday afternoon. It becomes a big game because you have that, that feel of uncertainty around things right now, especially after the loss at the last home game to Texas. Yeah, yeah. But this is an Iowa State team that does not perform well on the road. That's true. Is K-State going to find a way to get back that magic at home? They have to. They 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 have to. It's 
there's no question about it. This is a must-win. All of these, every game's a must-win game. That's first and foremost. We get that. Every game is a must-win game. But as far as, like, survival, because Coach Tang said it in his press conference, they need at least two more wins to get to the tournament. Like, And this is not a team that deserves to be scratched. You know, scratching, clawing, and fighting to get their way into the tournament, especially how they started this year. Okay, they deserve to flat out be in it and be hopefully a top five seed. Hopefully, hopefully, we don't know where that is right now, but this is why this weekend is so darn important. And I think like the people who sh- you know show up, like Coach Tang, he posted that video uh, not too long ago, telling people to to you know come there, show out because this we might be the shot of adrenaline that this team needs. We really do. To get their energy up, and Coach Tang was really talking about effort. It sucks that you have to talk to your guys about effort at this point in the season. But us as fans, we we might be their last hope right now to get them to get them back on track 100%. Energy is tough to bring on the road. It is. It is tough to bring on the road. And the game on Tuesday night is a tremendous example of that because – Energy not only is tough to bring on the road, it's tough to bring on the road. It's tougher to bring on the road when it's an empty arena. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, This was one of the things that, if you go back to the start of the conference season, irritated Bob Huggins about the fact that West Virginia lost to K-State. And that was with the number of empty seats that were still in play. If it was, you know... Christmas break, it was... Yeah, it was an awkward time. A very awkward time. Mm-hmm. And commented to his guys that it was the easiest place to play in the league. Well, that was built into what had happened last year, the year before. Yeah, the before the that, general, yes. yeah, the, the general malaise that has befallen the program before the hiring of Jerome Tang. Fans have changed that at Bramlage. But the reason why Huggy was saying that about Bramlage at the time was because there was no student section and a lot of empty seats. It was a quiet building in relation to most of the places that you will go in the conference. Yeah. It's tough to bring energy into a place like that, especially if it's a place that in the grand scheme of things, doesn't have a have that blue blood shot to it. Going into Allen Fieldhouse, you pick up energy there. Yes. Yes, you do. That's It's just what it is. Bramlage is Bramlage. And I'll be perfectly honest. I wish, to, I wish we could have found a way to better utilize a Hearn. Yeah. Now that everything is built at the north side, I'm not so dismissive of Bramlage as its location. I know that now we're at a point where talking renovations on some things there is going to have to come up. The, the locker rooms, etc., are interesting. Because they were designed at a time where, let's be honest, it was it it wasn't all about the amenities in the locker rooms. It was about serviceability. It's part of why, for a stretch in the 
80s, late 80s and into the 90s, Bramlage was actually a concert venue a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can't, I can't really picture that, but okay. Garth Brooks, Def Leppard, Van Halen. They performed at Bramlage? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be darned. Uh, oh, gee. Oh, yes. I've seen all three. I've uh, even seen Motley Crue was there on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Saw that one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. To me, it just is. It's, it's insane to think anybody would come to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but let's be perfectly honest. Kansas City was still Kemper. Right. Kansas Coliseum was Wichita. So right. you were outside, outside of Wichita, not downtown. Right. And uh, a venue that really was not built well for concerts. So Kansas Coliseum would have some, but what happened is that I-70 became a pretty good shot for people to come into Manhattan. Right. Uh, When the Expo Center in Topeka, now Stormont Vale Event Center, was built, they held some. I saw Bon Jovi there. I know Aerosmith has been there. Kiss saw them. First concert I went to, Thanksgiving night, my junior year in high school. Nice. Um, was there, but people found it better to utilize Bramlage than the event center because, uh, space-wise, more seats, more tickets, you could do a lot more with Bramlage's setup than you could with the Expo Center. And even with it being a college town, too. And even with it being a college town, that added to it, but... Kemper was essentially on its last legs, let's be perfectly honest, as a venue. And so Bramlage being new and with a few other factors in play, it became the place to come for concerts. So in many ways, locker rooms, uh, the rooms beneath basically are built more for serviceability. Because, you know, you're talking green room for concerts and for other events, not so much for locker rooms for teams. And and in the late 80s, locker rooms weren't, weren't what they've become now anyway. Yeah. So that's going to be something that, you know, should be addressed. But when Bramlage is packed, it's beautiful. When Bramlage is empty, it's awkward. And it's quiet. Mm-hmm. One of the oddest things to me was trying to get myself back mentally in PA announcing this fall doing volleyball because I had to catch myself because the echo about threw me off. Yeah. Which, again, it's going to be nice volleyball into their own building. Yeah, that's going to be great. That's going to be, that's going to be great. But it's concrete and it's, and it's metal bleachers mm-hmm. in Bramlage. So everything echoes when bodies aren't there. And so it's awkward. People coming in, if it's an empty if it's an empty arena, teams come in, it's tough to get that energy. It is tough to find that energy. You have to find energy on the road. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just like a scrimmage. I it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things where you see smaller schools sometimes be able to pull pull off upsets in those situations. Because they get used to having to bring the energy to varying locations. Probably, yeah. Playing an afternoon tournament game in Las Vegas on the day before Christmas Hmm. comes to mind. 
at the Orleans Arena. Now, later that night, place was packed. It was Kansas and Gonzaga. But in the afternoon, for K-State or for uh, Northern Colorado Liberty? Nothing. E- even with it, one of the Curry brothers? No, not that Curry brother. The other Curry brother? <laughs> it was nothing. <laughs> so teams have to find ways to bring that energy. When you have an empty arena, you give them that chance. Very true. And I guess what falls suit, like Texas Tech, their arena wasn't all that full no. at all. And OU was even worse. I saw they had like only like, what, 5,000 people that, yeah. that were there. And was, I don't know how, I don't know how many people their stadium, their arena sits, but I've walked in there and it's a pretty, it's a pretty mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. you know, arena that they have. And to only have like 5,000 people in there, it's just like, it's just, it's spotty. I don't even think they really had a student section. You saw this, like the Texas Tech, you know, court storming that looked really, really sad to show you there wasn't a lot of people right. there. So when Coach Tang's talking about like they there's just wasn't any effort, no no effort, that means no energy. Mm-hmm. So I think that has to be a common denom- a common denominator on what happened because Texas Tech brought their own energy and so did OU and they right. played them. But, but then there was just us. It's easy to have that energy at home. Yes, yes it is. Especially the more people that you have in the stands. Mm-hmm. But when they've played all season without having people in the stands, I mean, obviously that's a more favorable situation for Texas Tech and and OU. Right. Exactly. So now it's on students. Yep. And the rest of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Coming up on Saturday with Iowa State in, an opportunity to help our positioning in the conference standings, an opportunity to change the face of things again, and an opportunity to get well. All big points going into that ballgame. This conference is tight. Everyone is shoulder-to-shoulder tight in some way, form, and fashion. So whenever we can get an advantage, right now it's us, and right now it's this weekend. It's amazing how bad, how tough this conference can be. Incredible. And bad as in, and man, this is... And it's going to get yeah, better because Houston's coming next year. I know. Unbelievable. Woo. When we continue in a moment, oh, we'll figure out something. It's the game. Is just the fact that the conference is nowhere near the level that it was last year in terms of competitiveness. True. And that's evidenced by the fact that you have three teams that are in the, in the top 25, but they're all outside of the top 10. True. That is, that is considered a down year. Because I think like mm-hmm. the Big 12, the women's uh, Big 12 basketball teams, they're, they're a pretty tough conference. Like, let's, let's get real here. Baylor has... Pretty much been the queen of the standings, yes. uh, but you know fell off with a recent coaching change a little bit. Even though they're still good, a lot of these teams who are unranked right now probably should be ranked or is very close to being ranked. Texas at the moment, they 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 were uh, I want to say they were ranked top five to start the yes. season. Yes, to start the season, and they fell off. Right now, they're uh, ranked twentieth in Iowa State. They've been on the come up, obviously. And can and actually KU they've been on the come up because they were in the top twenty five for a good portion of this season as well. So it's not it's obviously it's not going to be an easy conference here, but it, that's it, why it just makes this so strange. It's interesting in how we watch how the men's rankings have shifted and changed according to what takes place in the Big Twelve race. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains is that for example, K State three straight weeks at number twelve despite the number of losses it racked up. Yeah, the women's poll. I mean, you talk about 
oh, completely shifting, completely, completely other than other than the top five. Yeah, you're right. I mean, fluctuates the only the way that the top five fluctuated this week on the women's side was because UConn lost back-to-back games. Yeah, and LSU uh, lost to South Carolina. They dropped two spots. Right. From their first loss of the season against the number one team, they dropped two spots. Yeah. Yeah. Make it make it, sense. It, make it make sense. So, it, but it just, that that state of flux makes you feel like that this conference race this year hasn't been nearly as attention-grabbing or exciting as what it was. That said, sitting at 5-9, and nine, now with a stretch run here in front of you, there's still a chance to make something happen for this women's team and still get into the tournament. I think I think there is because... They can they can be so good. They really can. And honestly, if and I, I and this may or may not be a hot take, I don't know, don't care. But if Gabby Gregory decides to stay another year, because I think she has that option, and Ayoka Lee coming back, I see this team winning the Big Twelve. I really do. Because now they know now they know how to shoot. Beforehand they just like give Ayoka give uh Yoki the ball, let her do stuff, and the other teams were daring them to shoot and they never did. But now they know how to shoot. They know how to create their own shot. They know how to get to the basket without relying solely on, you know, a number five, which is great and an All-American number five at that. So when she comes back and you have a much mature team with the Glenn Twins and Serena Sundell, and along with Gabby Gregory, if she decides to come back for an extra year, oh, baby, they will be nice. They will be nice, and I think they could win the conference. I think in some ways it's still the uh... – Growing pains of having to go without Aoka this year. Very true. And the amount Very of true. change that it prompted with what they were doing offensively, especially. Mm-hmm. They had to change their entire scheme. So what's left for the women at TCU on Saturday, then on Wednesday next week, Kansas visits at West Virginia next Saturday, at Oklahoma the following Wednesday, and close against Texas at Bramlage on the 4th of March. So that's kind of a little bit of a tough stretch. That is a tough stretch. <laughs> but again, you perform well in that stretch. Even even say you go three and two mm-hmm. in that stretch. That'd and then win one in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's that possibility. You're right. Given how the league chase has played out. Like I said, the potential is so high with this team already, even them at, at currently, what, four and nine. Mm-hmm. Coming into this next game against TCU, the potential is incredible. Crazy. If you really look at it, it's there. I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I'm I'm just excited. I just like basketball people. No. Really? Surprise, surprise. I know. I'm just, I'm excited, man. I just want to come back for games. <laughs> That's it. I want to come back okay, for games. Okay, all right. Let's uh let's get ourselves ready for the number two song of the day when we continue in a moment on the game. I remember when I remember, I remember when I lost my
this song seemed to be everywhere in 2006 and 2007. So, so good. Still... I used to hate this song. Though, really? I, I Only as a child, because, I don't know, it used to show up on 106 and Park too many times, I think. I don't know. Oh, okay. I and then, you. but as I got older, I'm like, yo, this is, come on now. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Danger Mouse and CeeLo Green, known as Gnarls Barkley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. I got a ton of info about it if you want to hear it. You are the man. Okay. So, um, released in the spring of 2006 and following with their first album, Say Elsewhere, in April of 2006, the track combines many genres from alternative rock, R&B, funk, psychedelic soul, and electronic music. Peaked at number two, kept off the number one spot by the modern dance classic Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado and Timbaland. Fantastic song. We should do it for number one song of the day because it's so good. And forgotten Agreed. about that, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, was number seven overall for the year of 2006. Sold six million copies worldwide and went four times platinum in the United States. Um, and yet only reached number two. Yeah, which is... I mean, both songs are really good, though. I, I Either one oh, could have yeah. gone number one in my eyes. Um, and then... Let's see. Lars Barkley only lasted from 2003 to 2010 and are currently on an unbroken hiatus, which sucks. <laughs> They've only sold two albums. Well, they have only had two albums and right. sold over two million albums worldwide. Um, I mean, it's not like CeeLo's been doing anything for a while. <laughs> of course. Of course. Or Danger Mouse, for that matter. Uh, Danger Mouse does a lot of like low key. No, like, I'm I'm being work. yeah, I'm being sarcastic oh, okay, about gotcha. that. It's not gotcha. like you know that either has gone on to do any anything big you know beyond beyond just working together right yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty good reason for a hiatus to be honest right but it would be cool if they came back with like at least a new album or something because sure. they were so successful just for the fruit few years that they were together um upon release crazy was met with um widespread acclaim from music critics and the song was number one on rolling stone's 2009 list of 100 best songs of the 2000s decade um, they also placed it at number 100 in the list of 500 greatest songs of all time, which is pretty high wow. for that decade as well. Uh, this album won best best alternative album, and the song won best urban alternative performance in 2008. Love the fact that, in terms of the composition of it, that it essentially is a sped up beat. Of the songs of Spaghetti Westerns. Right, right. A lot of them from the late 60s Django films, kind of all chopped up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the video is also very synom- synonymous with the song, um, presenting the duo as... I, n- I never know how to say this word right. Ro- Rorschach tests? Yes. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> all the ink spots and stuff, them as ink yeah. spots. And it won two VMAs. At the 2006 VMAs, they performed the song as well in a very legendary performance with CeeLo Green as Darth Vader yes. and Danger Mouse as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Fascinating. <laughs> Seeing the photo of CeeLo as Darth is actually humorous here. Yeah. It has to be, because he's like, he's so little. <laughs> yeah. I can just remember seeing, oh yeah, that's the picture he's showing right there. It is. There it is. It just unlocked a memory. Because I was talking, because you're talking about mentioning the music video. Like, it's a music video that I saw only a, 
like when it came on 106 and Park too many times, mm-hmm. but it's. Mm-hmm. I will always remember those like ink blotches and how right. it went. That's probably another reason why I didn't like it because it was messing with my ADHD or something like that. I don't know <laughs> but how it was, but it, I never forgot. It's always been seared into my head on how that music video played out. Right. When I was, I was very young at the time, but what little MTV I did see that this video would always play or the pretender by the Foo Fighters would always play just around the yeah. same time. Yeah. That not that they played music videos in MTV that much anymore, but at the end of like when a reality show would end, they would just show a, music video for like 30 seconds and it was yes, always either would. this or that <laughs> one of the things you know i i say that about this song was everywhere consider that it was on alternative radio it was on top 40 radio it was on r&b stations mm-hmm there wasn't a place that you could tune well country stations you could tune and not hear it but honestly there was almost not a place on the dial that you could turn to and not hear this song at some point in the rotation right i love i love songs that like are so universal like that it, it really just shows like a mega hit like something like that you very rarely get something like that and then of course that also then lends itself to in a lot of cases it essentially being arena rock right in that pre-game during game yep. breaks mm-hmm. and so you know given the number of games you go to in a year you can hear it an awful lot right <laughs> awful awful lot and that's not saying anything about you know when it showed up in my spotify playlist or anything like right. that but you know it just it, it was ubiquitous that year. It was everywhere. You could not escape it. Right. And yet only climbed to number two. But kept off by a pretty strong number one. I, I pretty, will agree. Pretty strong. I, I will agree that that was a very strong number one. I think, though, that most people forget that as a number one. Sure. That this song actually wound up having more staying power. Yeah, for sure. It's... It sounds like it came out yesterday. The production's so good on it. Exactly. It's been used in various films, and I always think of it in Kick-Ass when they're driving around listening to it. Yeah, yeah. And has recently popped up in various TikTok trends. Oh, But I'm not on TikTok, so I don't really know. Yeah, For what? It's universal. It's it's timeless. (laughs) Like you said. 2006. Gnarls Barkley. Mm -hmm. 2006. That was a good year. No responsibilities. I think I saw the I'm Wiggles that year there. as well. <laughs> uh, the Wiggles. Oh, good God. See, now I feel old because I don't think I was watching the Wiggles then. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I was like eight. So <laughs> oh, boy. We all got our stages, huh? Hey, at that point, I think we better uh, slip aside and get ready for Ask Us Anything on the game. And I can die when I'm done. Ready for question asking? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm scared. First one's a self-reflective one. How well do you think you understand yourself? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it in what moment? Whatever, whichever one you want. Um, 
you know, honestly, I think I've got a much better handle on understanding myself now than I could say that I ever had. We talk, we've joked about me being the old white guy here. <laughs> but, you know, age and experience does play a factor in that. Sure. Yeah, I can, I'm like I'm 24 years old. I don't know. A, I don't know a damn thing about myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like every time I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? Every other time I look in the mirror when I should have done something, I'm like, bro, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Exactly. So, that's that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. It, it's a great reminder that yes, uh, youth is wasted on the. No, I'm kidding, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great reminder that we continue to learn. Even about ourselves as we grow older. Every day of it, you're learning something about yourself. Was there ever a point, like, uh, eventually that you're like, oh, I kind of get it. I kind of get life and myself now. Please tell me that was at 25. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, no, because I think in many ways we still learn those things. There are a That's lot fair. of times that I can be reading... A history book or or something along those lines and there's a tidbit that makes me reflect a bit on something uh, you know it's it's an ongoing process right I, I don't think any of us will ever be free of that and okay. it's good advice for both of you to remember right. going forward as much as you may get frustrated with yourself awesome uh, look never at it, be perfect yeah well <laughs> look at it this way you're here you have the ability to make mistakes, recover from them, learn from them. Keep it pushing. And keep on pushing, exactly. It's when the it's when you aren't able to push forward from the mistakes that things get a little rough. Fine. Well. Or when you tend to look for excuses as to why you're not pushing on from those mistakes. Fair. Well, can't and spell college without a couple L's. Yeah, there's that. You can't spell life without an L. <laughs> and there's a few of those littered throughout. Excellent. Too many L's. Great question, though. Uh, I don't know if we'll have enough time for another one, but, I mean, just thank you guys today. It's been really cool. I, you know, just nice, laid back, little different. Right. Just us BSing. Always fun. Always I do that all the time. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> I just knew it'd be a different approach today. And Jasmine, thank you for sitting in. Appreciate it. Folks, no remember you can catch her uh, doing stuff with K-State HD, ESPN Plus, as well as uh, helping us Mondays and Wednesday mornings with sports in the morning on K-Man's Morning News. For Travion, for Jasmine, I'm Troy. High school basketball tonight, uh, tomorrow night, rather, that we'll have for you. So uh, ESPN will carry us starting at 4 tomorrow afternoon here on K-Man.